all the way back in Orlando. Um, but pretty much I started the Living Room Project as a response to the presidential elections. I found that my friends were coming together um, in different areas, whether it be online or in person, um, and not really having conversations that would challenge them, number one, and then now also push them to leave the room in a place where, although we disagree, I still love you. I still got love for you. And so I wanted to create a space where people can speak intimately and not be afraid to share their point of view, to not be shunned, to not think that you know one of their cards is going to be taken away. Um, <laughs> I wanted to create an opportunity for you to feel comfortable about these important conversations. And so why are we here talking about economic mobility? OK. All right now, y'all bear with me. So I find that a lot of people, um, especially my peers who work in corporate who are also entrepreneurs, are really trying to figure out ways to level up, right? So I'm sure some of you have attended some conferences, right? You can raise your hand if you have. Attended some conferences, maybe you've taken some online courses, right? Right, And you're really trying to find ways to practically save and invest money or make your money grow. Um, but also, maybe you're in a position at work where you're like, man, I'm trying to get to the next level, but I don't know how to have the right conversations. You know, I'm trying to figure out what my salary requirements should be because I'm trying to X, Y, Z within a certain amount of years, build a family, buy a house, um, have some rental property. That may be you, right? Right? So I do want to hear from you because there's, we're going to do another interactive activity. And I'm also going to walk around because that's just how I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't just stand up in the front. You know, I got to show the back some love, too, right? Right? Because you know how they say, say it louder for the people in the back. But I'm going to come over here so you can hear me, OK? All right? But let me also tell you, you might feel like you in church a little bit. I'm going to just say. I'm going to just say. <laughs> But before we get into some affirmations, some financial affirmations, I want to hear directly from you, why did you attend this event? Besides Pollyanna and Drew, because like they're the goats, though, they're the goats, they're the goats. But I want to hear from you, what is going on in your life that you wanted to attend this event and be around this amazing group of people? So you can just raise your hand and I'll choose you. Yes, okay. Hi, I'm Madison. Okay, for Yes, Logan. Yes, to the Guchetto. To the Guchetto. to the bravery too. Clap it up, clap it up. No, show some real love. What's that? Ooh. Okay. Can I get someone else? Yes, all the way in the back. Okay. Oh, we got a mic for you too. Don't worry, sis. We got you. We got you. Um, I attended this event today because um. Personally, I'm on a path of debt freedom. I just finally paid off all of my credit cards. Yes! So it was it was a lot, y'all. It was That's it was a amazing. whole lot of money. 
Now I just have my student loans left, so pray, pray for me. We all do. Um, but now I'm just taking my financial life a lot more seriously. Like previously, you know, like I'll get paid and then, you know, like I'll pay my bills, but I didn't really have any type of strategy or kind of path for where, where I wanted my money to go. So now I'm just trying to take things more seriously and then just being educated about the options that I have out there as far as like investing and just, just being smarter overall just about my financial health. Yes. Show some love. Show some love. That is good. Thank you for sharing. I'm going to have one more person. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Jacqueline. I'm a DC native. Where are the DC natives at? Okay. So I'm trying to buy a house in DC. Okay. Gentrification is taking over, but I'm trying to be a DC homeowner. So my goal today is to make sure that I have the financial ability and the financial education to make sure that I get rid of the student loan debt and buy a house in DC. So that's me. Clap it up, clap it up one more time, please. All right, y'all see I have the Oprah thing going on, right? I thought I tried a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So this is what we're going to do. This is obviously the Living Room Project's new logo. After being around for about five years, we decided to freshen it up a little bit. Um, but I know we're in a place where most people have phones, right? Does everyone own a cell phone? Let me see. Show proof. Show proof. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Got you. So you got Instagram too, though, right? Okay, we're making progress. So let's go ahead and go to the Instagram app. I would love if you can go ahead and give the Living Room Project a follow. Show some love. It is at the Living Room Project Co. Go ahead, go ahead, show us some love. We definitely show love back too. I'm not sure. I'm sure some people in the room received a DM from us saying we're so happy, right? Yes, okay. Yay, good, good, good. Because we actually care. That's the point of having this space. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't also thank Capital One for opening up this space up to me. <laughs> real ones, real ones. Myself, Amber, and Jamil have been in the trenches for months. <laughs> for absolute months to pull this off. And I just want to thank you so much um, for opening up this space to this community, um, the Living Room Project community. And I'm just so happy that you're here. So we're going to get into some affirmations. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because we know how deep of a conversation or, or how deep of an impact these type of conversations have on us, right? Right? And that's why I'm so excited to be able to bring Pollyanna and Drew up here in just a few minutes after we do this so that we can learn more about their stories and how they navigated corporate spaces and entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spaces so that they can take their career um, and their economic level to the next level. So are you ready? Yeah? All right, so let's stand up. All right, I'm gonna do a quick plug right quick. I was born and raised in Miami. Who's from Miami up in here? Okay, okay, okay. I just asked, where the Haitians at though? Let me act like I got manners, okay. 
<laughs> I just want to do that quick shout out. For those who have never attended one of my speaking engagements, I really like to do affirmations at the very beginning because it helps us to kind of relax a little bit. It allows us to speak to the negative thoughts that so often come up. And especially with the conversation of finance, this is not going to be an easy one, right? Right? So I want you to feel comfortable getting into this space. So I know what's going on right now. The times you may not want to hold hands. But, <laughs> but I, I, uh, okay, okay, because it just takes it to a whole nother level when you get that physical touch, you know what I'm saying, love language, no, okay, so y'all can lock elbows if y'all want, all right, and so you're going to look at, hold on, let's wait for the instructions, y'all, because I'm sure y'all had an opportunity to also introduce yourselves to other people, um, I would love if you can look at the person next to you, all right, and then you're going to repeat after me, y'all going to repeat after me. Are you ready? Are you ready? Every single group always does it. They just start talking. Who told y'all to start talking? I told y'all to look. All right, so. And a hush fell over the crowd. Hush. And a hush fell over the crowd. Hush. I used to be in theater, y'all. Repeat after me. I am a money magnet. Money flows freely to me. I release all resistance to attracting money. And this is an important one. I am worthy of a positive cash flow. There is always more than enough in my life. I naturally attract good fortune. Ooh, I'm like, this one wants to break the crowd. I am financially free. I am financially free. My income exceeds my expenses. All right. To all those, to all those, I'm really, I'm really about to take y'all to church, so I don't know if y'all are ready. I deserve to be paid for my skills. I deserve to be paid for my skills. Time and knowledge. Who remembers that recent um, Instagram message that said, um, I charge this amount for the work that I've been able to accomplish all these past years, not just for the 30 minutes it took me to do this? That's what this is about. That's what this is about. My income increases constantly. My income increases constantly. I am wealthy in more ways than one. Amen. Okay, okay. My job and business allows me to live the life that I desire. And so let me tell you something about affirmations. Let me tell you something about affirmations, right? You are speaking as if you are already there, okay? Because I know it's hidden for some people because it's like, oh, man, I don't know. No, you are already there, so that's why you are speaking in present tense, all right? I am connected to the universal supply of money. I am grateful for the abundance that I have. 
and the abundance that it's on its way. Every dollar I spend and donate comes back to me multiplied. Ooh. Okay, so this is for the this is for the people who like to peek at their bank accounts. Oh, wait, this is for these people. I can look at my finances without fear. I can look at my finances without fear. I can look at my finances without fear. Because when that Capital One mobile app is loading, oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. I choose to live a rich and full life. I give myself permission to prosper and grow. I am worthy of all the richness I desire. And this is the last one, y'all. I'm going to ask if y'all can hug it out after this one. Oh, somebody hug me. I don't know. I have the power to create success and to build the wealth that I desire. Go ahead and clap it up. Hug it out. Do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. <laughs> I told y'all y'all was going to church. You know what I'm saying? I know it's a Tuesday. I know it's a Tuesday. Um, but this definitely can go out by email as well. Um, and while you're at it, um, you can also follow me on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> you can find me at Makisha Noel. That's M-A-K-I-S-H-A-N-O-E-L. You can also find me on the Living Room Projects Instagram as well. Um, and while I give the speakers just a few minutes, um, just a few minutes to get ready, because they are about to come up, who are excited for Pollyanna and Drew? again. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to give them just a few minutes. Um, I've, been, I've been following their work for a few years now, and I really admire the spaces that they're in and the opportunities that they've created for themselves when it came to being in a corporate, corporate space and also transitioning into entrepreneurship. Um, one thing I want to preface this conversation. So the goal is not to end here saying, okay, leave your job tomorrow. That's not, that's not <laughs> what we're trying to say. Um, you can, you can, because we know that building wealth is the name of the game, right? Building multiple streams of income, excuse me, is the name of the game. Um, and so we're just going to talk about how they navigated that. And so maybe you might see some themes in your life as well. Um, maybe some of the things that they say may answer some questions that you've had. Um, but there are very particular questions that you have. You can for sure message us, um, but there will also be a time allotted to Q&A where you can ask them questions and they will respond, okay? Who's ready? Who's ready? Who's ready? Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm doing too much. Pollyanna Drew, can you come to the stage, please? Mic check, are they good? Is 
speaking to the mic. Hey, Dallas, can you check their mic, please? Shout out to the home team. My brother came all the way from Miami, y'all. All the way from Miami. Seven o'clock flight. Oh, shout out to the home team. And shout out to the volunteers also who are here helping out. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. They're also wearing the Liberal Project shirts. Are we good? I don't know, are we? Yeah. Are you good? He's not good. You need to talk into the mic. Gucci? No. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get that checked again. One, two, check, check. Good. Okay. Can we clap it up for them one more time? Can, can, we, can we clap it up louder for Makisha one more time? I'm having too much fun. I think the beautiful thing about Pollyanna and Drew um, is that they're business partners. And so a lot of things that they're going to share, they've also been able to experience together as business partners and friends. Um, so I think this is going to be a really, a really good conversation because I enjoy speaking to them individually. I remember a few weeks ago, I was in Italy. This was before like, all of this right now. Okay, so like, I'm good, I'm good. I came back from Italy on February 6th, so I'm fine. Um, <laughs> but Drew and I had a very intense conversation about this. Um, and he's someone that I also learned so much from. Um, and Pollyanna as well, they really use their platform to really drop some gems on us. So I thank you so much for being in this space with me. Um, so I'm gonna give you the definition of economic mobility and I'm gonna give them the opportunity to introduce themselves. Is that all right? Yep. Am I getting too much feedback? I'm good? Okay, so economic mobility is defined as the individual, family, or some other group to improve their economic status, usually measured in income. And so I'm bringing these two power players to the table because they are proven examples of young go-getters who have built um, six-figure companies before the age of 30. Isn't that amazing? So they, oh yeah, clap it up, clap it up. So they've also learned how to successfully navigate diversifying revenue streams that are putting them ahead of the curve. So I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourselves. Thank you. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, cool. Um, hi guys, my name is Pollyanna. Um, whenever someone asks me to introduce myself, I always say that I'm a millennial woman who has fought for her dreams and won. I'm someone who has had the odds stacked against me. Um, I live with a mental illness, I'm a college dropout. Um, so I'm here really to help instill in y'all that where you're at isn't where you have to stay. Clap it up. <laughs> <laughs> this amazing professional speaker. I just say what's on my mind. Um, and um, I mean, for me, I guess I'll, I'll make it quick because I'm sure we're gonna go deeper. You know, I think my story is, hey, look, how do you go from, you know, dead broke college student? Who's been there? Who's been a dead broke college student? Yes. How do you go from there, um, you know, to, 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 to charging $5 an hour, to, to $10 an hour, to $50 an hour, to $500 an hour, to $5,000? I'm not there yet. But if I was there, you know, I would talk about that. And so that's the growth, right? It doesn't happen overnight. Um, but I'm here to definitely share as much as I can um, when it comes to that exact journey, because that's, that's the key right there. That's the gray area that very, very few people talk about. Um, but I'm hoping to be able to talk about it. Yay. Thank you. 
So we're going to go ahead and dive right into um, career, because this is one question that I've seen very often, especially among these groups. Um, I'm sure we also have a lot of creatives in here, right? Let's keep it a hundred. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start off with, you both have worked nine to five jobs. Yep. Right? Right? And so we want to know, what was the pivot in your career that propelled you to consider entrepreneurship full time? Well, I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur from the time I was a kid, right? So like it's always, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. My father's an entrepreneur. Um, but the thing that separates me from the rest of the pack is that I have incredible patience, right? So I was a side hustler for about 10 years, right? And I was incredibly patient with myself because I understood that walking into my corporate job every day, that was like going to business school for free. Right? So I would interview my superiors. I would sit in in strategy meetings. I had no business sitting in. I would just volunteer to take notes. Um, I, would, I was very observant of all the heads of the department. And I would often use these strategies and implement them into my business. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that um, people need to really keep in mind is that you know, a job may determine your salary, but you can determine your total income. Mm -hmm. right? And so that number on that corporate contract, that is what they can afford. That does not amount to your true value. Correct? And so for me, once I had that mental shift, right, I started putting systems in place so that I could diversify my income. And over the course of 10 years, I, you know, that's the thing. It took me 10 years to actually figure out the formula. Success has a formula. And so I, the year that I quit, I quit January 2019. Um, Last I walked, year. I walked away uh, building a six-figure company from my cubicle. Um, and decided to, uh, to segue. And so I think that I waited, I lasted 10 years, I was invested in myself, but a lot of people are not, a lot of people are not willing to wait 10 weeks, 10 months. A lot of you are quitting before you even hit one year. And that just tells me that you never really wanted this shit to begin with, right? So like, how badly do you want it? You have to have incredible faith in yourself and just understand that like, you know, just because not, everyone's, not everyone is born to be an entrepreneur. Some people will be side hustlers for the rest of their lives, and that's okay, too. That doesn't mean that you're a fake entrepreneur. Like, don't, don't give a shit what other people say, right? Like, however you make your money is however you make your money. And just, like, just whatever path you choose to take, just make sure you own that. Yeah, that's good. And Drew, I, I recently yeah. heard um, a podcast where you were saying six figures in six years. So maybe you can speak to that a little bit about when you decided to make that pivot. When you studied pharmacy in undergrad. I've been digging. I was like, I what, is, what are you talking through? about? So, so the first thing I want to say is, yo, Pollyanna is so good at what she does. When she told me she quit her job last year, I was like, wait, you had a job? Like, <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, since when? She's always available. I'm always hitting her up. And we're like working and working and working. And so it kind of just shows like just the amount of discipline behind this is awesome. And I love that journey. Because I think a lot of people might have that journey too, right? I think for me, I'm going to go a little bit opposite because I never even, I never even always wanted or knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur, right? And I think that if you actually study a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of it sometimes happened by accident, right? Like a lot of people just like self-discover something or they scratch their own itch and like, oh, wow, maybe, you know, if this worked for me, maybe it can work for other people because there's so many things in entrepreneurship. I consider myself a, a realistic visionary, right? Um, 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 or actually a visionary realist, sorry. I have visions and goals just like most people. I'm sure all of you guys have dreams and goals, but I'm very, very realistic, you know what I'm saying? And I know even more that in a world 
where you're a minority or et cetera, et cetera, like it's only even harder, right? So I already know like four to five businesses fail every, you know, three years. So I know it's even harder, you know what I'm saying, for persons of color, et cetera, et cetera. And so for me, like, like, like if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? I don't get caught up in that. And so um, I say all that to say like, you know, I my, my my corporate journey. You know, I uh, you know I, I think that over time, uh, um, I immediately I graduated uh, from Hampton University. Shout out to all the HBCU graduates in the building. Okay, so I, I graduated, and for me, my mindset was I w I did have an entrepreneurial you know um, um, stint in college. I used to be a DJ. I used to cut hair. Again, I was telling y'all five dollars to fifty dollars, right? Y'all get where I'm going. So like that's really key, right? Um, and so and so I graduated, and I knew that. Okay, there's still so much things for me to learn, right? I'm a visionary, I have big goals, I have big dreams, but my 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 realistic side, okay, cool. Let me get this job, right? Let me learn the back end, the systems, the processes, let me steal their network, their content. Like sorry, no, you know what I mean? But you get where I'm going, right? Damn. Like, 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 like let me kind of do what I can in the most legal way, right? To kind of take advantage of those opportunities. And from there, you know, I was able to do that and, and I and I had a plan coming in, right? I had a plan coming in to my job that you know, I would start this side hustle business, um, and you know, that was that, like that five to five for that my corporate job, then come home, eat dinner, then six to two, right? Then wake back up. I did that for exactly one year, and then I was able to leave my job, and within one year, um, and then three months later, you know, we signed our first pro athlete, did this and this and that, and all that good stuff. But that was my journey. It was, it was progression. It was uh, having a plan, um, um, and um, yeah. But let me get this right, though. So Drew said one year, and Pollyanna said 10 years. What is That's it? That's crazy. At what that, point should we leave I, our jobs? But Okay, so I think, so, okay, number one, you got to be, everyone's journey is going to be different, right? And you're not going to compare yourself to another person. I was totally cool. I loved my corporate job. I actually didn't want to leave. And if someone offered me and the, and the fit was right, I might jump back in, even though I do really well, right? So, like, you have to define success for yourself. Number two, the two things that I measured before I jumped was, number one, I paid down my debt as much as possible. So I paid down $45,000 in debt, okay? I made sure that I had that shit clean because you don't want to worry about that when you do make the leap. Number two, you want to make sure that you have a proven track record of sales, right? A successful track record. You can look back a year and you know that you have a track record where, you know, you have been able to sell something, right? Um, even before jumping, I think a lot of people also may have a question around, like, how do I diversify my income? How do I balance my side hustle, my main hustle, right? So everything that Drew said, but I think it's also important to keep, keep in mind, one thing that you also say a lot is what is the path that has the least resistance? Right? And I think it's important to also keep in mind that if you have ever solved a problem at work, if you have ever contributed to a project at school, you have a skill. That skill can be packaged, it can be marketed, and it can be sold. So just think about that. Yeah. And I hope y'all are taking notes too, because you said two points. One, pay down the debt all the way, mm -hmm. clean as much, it out. As much as possible. As much as possible. Yeah. And number two, have a proven track record of sales. Yep. Can, okay. can I give an opposite? Okay. Just for the hell of it, you know. Taking notes, taking notes. So, so I, hundred percent agree with that. I think that's, uh, that's, I think that's good. Um, if you are, in my opinion, the the younger you are, right, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you guys are young, right, um, or millennials, right, and so the younger you are, I think the more, uh, the more of a risk appetite you have, right. Let's, I mean, the reality, you know, and then you get into your 30s, and then you know, you have a house and, and and girlfriend, boyfriend, family, all that good stuff, and like you, you can't take as many risks, right, or or you're gonna lose a lot if it doesn't work out well, and so for me. 
um, 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 I, for me, it was more of a rather, hey, look, I had, a, I had a whole bunch of student loans, just like a lot of people, right? I also knew that I could, um, what's the word you use? Finesse. Not for low, but like default. defer. Okay. Not default. We don't want to default. <laughs> That's not good, guys. We're in a bank. Um, let's, let's make sure we pay our bills. Um, 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 I also knew that, you know, based on your income, you could defer and different things like that. So I had a whole bunch of debt there, but it's really more about moment in time. I think, I think a lot of people don't understand how valuable certain moments in time is for your life, right? You have to take that into the, into the account. And so, you know, when I was 22, 23, I was like, you know what? This is the absolute best time, right? And so I still had a mountain of debt, but my strategy was more so, hey, can I work for a year? I started a separate bank account. I put money in there, and I was like, hey, look, when I quit my job, I just need enough money to last for a year, right? I knew how much money I needed, and then just, just give me a year. Again, I'm not like this gung-ho, like I have to be, you know, um, um, Steve Jobs or whatever. I'm just like, hey, look, let me just try, right? Let me scratch my itch. Let me see what happens. And so I put away money, and, and that money was used to kind of just finance me through the year, allow me to test, allow me to, again, take the path of least resistance, and so to, to kind of de-risk it, right? They say, there's a quote that I, I, I saw it on Shark Tank one time. They said, um, a, lot of, a lot of people think entrepreneurs take a lot of risk or are risky. But the reality is the best entrepreneurs are, are literally the ones that are able to mitigate risk. That's it. It's risky to them. It's risky to the outside world. But to us, because we make these steps and plans that nobody sees, it's not that risky. We planned it out. We saved the money. We have this unfair advantage. We have this connect. We know that when we take this thing, we've calculated all the variables in our heads to kind of allow us to attack this. So we're going to attack it. And so I think that it is a, literally a game of just risk assessment and then just managing it in a way that's best for you to give you the best shot. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Live, live, live to you know, telling a story. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. in short, there's more than one way to catch fish, right? Yeah. Like, you got to figure out what path is for you. That is so good. And while they're speaking, uh, there's a few questions that I want you to think through for yourself because at the very end, after the Q&A, we're going to give everyone an opportunity to head into the, the conference room back there, you see, with the, the papers on the wall. Um, and some of the questions I ask you is, what is it that you learned today? I definitely learned to pay down the debt, have a proof of record of sales, uh, make sure you understand risk. Um, so think about those questions because we're going to ask that you write those um, on the, the paper over there after the conversation. So I want to ask you, Right? So you're talking about your journey, um, and there's no way that you went on this journey alone, Drew and Pollyanna. So tell me a little bit about, um, can you agree that social capital plays a role, played, uh, played a role and does still play a role in how you elevate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing Drew taught me is that it's not about who you, why are you laughing? <laughs> What's so funny? One thing that he taught me is that it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. Right? Um, wow, that's good. You can dive deeper into that. But um, for me, I'm a big advocate for the conversation around mentors and sponsors. Um, okay, uh, I dropped out of school in 2008. Um, backstory I dropped out of school as a result of a suicide attempt. Um, I've lived with depression and anxiety my entire life, and I still struggle a lot, right? And so for me, um, I knew that going forward, I had to have some sort of game plan or structure in place. And so I had to stand on the shoulders of giants. Now that can look like your parents, your pastor, friends, whatever support groups, right? Um, I currently have six mentors. Two of my mentors have been in my life for 11 years. The other four have been in my life from anywhere from three to five years. One out of six mentors, uh, six of my mentors is a white male because the world of business is built for white men, right? John, Connor, 
all of them, right? Like you want to have a white ally because honestly, like sponsorship is important. And so I've had my mentors act as sponsors and invite me into rooms, advocate for me when I wasn't was that when I wasn't in that space, um, put their name on the line for me, write introduction emails, pick up the phone. And so I've acquired these mentors over time. Um, and honestly, that has been the the greatest. Uh, relationship capital that I could ever invest in. And I think the best thank you that you can ever give someone who invests in you is actually to do the work, right? Like show them how their advice has um, impacted your own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so Makisha talked about um, um, social capital, right? And Pollyanna, she just kind of gave the thing, and I'll kind of give you guys the spill. Like, I used to do this when I go speak a lot, right? I would say, hey, look, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And everybody goes, who you know? And I'd be like, oh, no, you're all wrong. It's not what you know. It's not even who you know. It's who knows you, right? Because in today's world, like, everybody knows everybody, right? And it's like, it's like, hey, you know, and I'm a brand guy, right? If you guys know, like, kind of what I do, it's like, hey, look, it's, it's, not, it's not what you know, it's not even who you know, it's who knows you, right? And I'll even take it further. In, t in today's world, like, there's so many people <laughs> that just, like, they claim, like, okay, I know this person, I know that person, I know this person. As I was growing my business, I was leaning a lot on referrals, right? But there's a big, big difference between knowing somebody than being able to know somebody to the point that they can, can convince them to do business with you, right? right? Huge difference. Everybody was already, <laughs> hey, look, I can get you this person there. I'm like, okay, cool. And then it, it constantly dies out. And you can tell it's all about, it's not about the the, the with, you know what I'm saying, how many people, but it's about the depth of the relationship, right? And so when I think about social capital, like that's genuinely what I think about. And of course, the reason why I was laughing earlier today is because I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm be honest, like I'm so over oh, social media, right? Just personally for me, right? Like, like I, I understand it. I know it. I know a lot of people want it and understand it. But for me, um, it's, it's, uh, I think we all go through different stages, right? And, and, and I've been through different stages. And for me, um, um, just knowing what I'm trying to do next, knowing the good and the bad side of it, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very tricky. You know what I'm saying? I think that a lot of people want something so bad, and then once they get it, they realize that's not what makes them super happy, mm -hmm. right? And so the core is like, yo, what, what am I really chasing? You know what I'm saying? What am I really chasing? And personally, for me, I believe that's like just really, really building with people that actually care about you, you know what I'm saying, having a good time doing it, you know, enjoying your life and the people and not and literally not worry so much about all the pressures that, that come around it. So that's kind of where my mind is. I've already taken a step back on it and I'm trying to figure out, okay, cool, you know what I'm saying, like what is the market sentiment, where are we going, um, because I know that's a big deal and that's, that's hurting a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, and so um, that's kind of where I am. I think social capital is very important, but I think that, again, it's, it's the layers beneath it and, and, you know, one day if we can have a conversation and peeling back all the onions, um, that's kind of where I would love to go to. Yeah. I think, can I say a few things? Yeah. I think that a lot of people are obsessed with titles, and I think it's really important to understand who you are beyond them, right, first and foremost. Um, I think a lot of people are also chasing a purpose, and they're attaching a purpose to a, um, to a de final destination, a job title, a thing, when really, like, a, I believe that a purpose is something that you live every single day, that you project every single day. Right? Like, it's purpose is something that you already have birthed inside of you. And a lot of people are chasing something. It's like, you're never going to find it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, um, until you do the internal work, emotional intelligence, self-awareness. Um, Andrew brought up a good point about how to, there's a difference between just, like, knowing people and having relationships and then getting them to do business with you. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know how many of you guys, like, looked me up, but I am a ghostwriter for mm -hmm. celebrities, athletes, politicians. I write books and keynote speeches for some of your favorite personalities. Right? And so 
when I first started my company, I had to think about, number one, how am I going to get in the rooms with these people, right? Mm -hmm. How am I going to build a relationship? How am I going to get them to trust me? How am I going to become a vault, a confidant for these people? And um, for those of you who have businesses and are trying to get to, like, the top 2% um, of uh, multi-millionaires, um, one strategy that has worked for me is to reduce stress and add value. Mm -hmm. It really boils down to being, it, like, to that simple. Um, the other thing is, you know, as you are networking and navigating conversations, going back to self-work, like, please do the self-work so that you, when you do approach these individuals, whoever that may be for you, you're actually someone that people want to fuck with. You understand? Like, don't come to the table with your hands empty, right? Like, make sure that you have something, or else you're not going to get a seat at the table, right? So just make sure that you're, you're putting those necessary steps, those prerequisite steps in place um, so that when, when you do approach someone, they're like, oh, okay. What? <laughs> I'm just posing for the camera. <laughs> Anyways, that was my point. Sana, can I add one thing, though? Yeah. This yeah, is great. Yeah. I actually just remember something. So I met Pollyanna randomly, right? We went to this conference, right? That was supposed to be like a ton of people, and it's like, it's kind of like this room. Um, and it was awesome. But check this out. If, I, if, I, if, 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 if my suggestion for you guys is check this out. Like, you're in a room with all these people, right? All you really need to do is just connect with two people deeply, right? Don't try to, you don't got to get to know every single person in the world. It can be like, like quick, you know what I'm saying? But once you can find something that you can go deep, go deep. And that's how I met Pollyanna. Yeah. I went to a whole conference and I was just chilling in and the back. And we just met each other and we, and we just yeah. chilled in the back of the conference. And then we just chilled the whole, and then, and then that relationship turned to a tour, a book, a conference, a this and this and that. Like yeah. you only need two people, guys, that you really, really want to connect really, really, really deep. Not too deep though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't do anything bad. <laughs> just, just, just professionally deep. deep. Be safe. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Uh, and so one thing that she said, Pollyanna, also, um, you said reduce stress and add value. And add value. Mm -hmm. So does that? How does that work together um, when it comes to how that looks like practically too? Because the people want to know specific steps, right? Unless y'all got I it. I mean, yeah. I thought that was specific, but okay. So. <laughs> no, no, give me, give me this one. No, I mean, like, reduce stress, right? So if you're going to approach a, a senior level executive, a oh, for the person that you're trying yeah, to work with. Yeah, yeah. Reduce their like stress, reduce stress or add value life. to their life. Solve a problem. Like, if you have a brand, if you have a business, ultimately you're solving a problem for a very specific type of person that has a very specific need, right? So just make sure that, like, as you're navigating your relationships, right, you're solving a problem, like, I mean, do we need any more t-shirt lines? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like the best companies in the world are solving problems, right? So like I encourage, and so that's what's really going to make you like really, oh, and the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick, self-worth versus market value, right? Amanda Seals talk, talks about this all the time, right? Your self-worth. So you look in the mirror, you think you're dope, you know, you, you know you're the shit, but what is your market value? Like, how do other people perceive you? That is also very important. A lot of you are too scared to post on social media, too scared to navigate a room, too scared to pitch yourself, all this other bullshit. Like, you got to get over it. I, because the way other people perceive you is very, very important, right? If I throw you, if I say basketball, who do you guys think of automatic? If I say tennis, who do you think of automatic? So if somebody says your industry and you're not in their top five, you are not working nearly as hard enough as you should be. Bars. Let me just let that sink in with you. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Nah, because I don't, there's a romanticized version of what entrepreneurship is, and then yeah. there's the reality. And it's very important that you guys have a really good understanding of what it takes to get to, because everybody wants, you good? 
Yeah. <laughs> nah, because like, it, honestly, this shit is so hard. And as an entrepreneur, every single day we pay a psychological price, right? It is very, very challenging. And so like, I don't want people thinking that they could coast, right? If you're not in the top, if you're not striving to be, be the best at what you do, then what, what the fuck's the point, mm-hmm. right? Like I, my father's a lieutenant, right? So like, we didn't celebrate participant ribbons in my household. You were one or none, right? And so like, depending on your environment, depending on how you were raised, like that also has a lot to do with how, the choices that you're making today, mm. right? So like, I mean, go on. <laughs> Julia, he got some. Hey, what, what, what was the self worth? What did you say yourself? Self worth versus market value. Market value. Yeah. Let me ask, let me ask you guys a question. Um, who, who in here has a side hustle or, or like or entrepreneur? Uh, so, okay. Who yes, in here? Who in here struggles at getting clients? Or could could uh, yeah? Who in here struggles? Just Raise your hand high. Stop being yeah, shy. Right, cool. Thank you. So here's the and, and this is this is really really interesting. I mean, again, it's just, if 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 you have that challenge or not, if you're good, then you're good. I mean, you know, you know, this this advice might not matter. But this, she brought up something really really cool. She said self worth versus market value. I the thing the thing that I would like. There's an analogy I was sharing with another guy the other day, and 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 honestly, I always feel like the underdog. Okay, and sometimes we, we, we all feel like we're underdogs, right? Or we're just not getting the, getting the opportunities that we really, really want, right? Or can really, really change our life, right? It's not that I, I, I have a high self-worth, but maybe the market hasn't understood that yet, right? And so, and so the, the analogy that I gave um, um, my friend was, I was like, look, all you are is you're basically underpriced stock, right? On the stock market, right? Everyone is a ticker, right? You're just underpriced, right? And so what happens is, you know, if nobody wants to pay you, if, if the market value is $100, but they only want to pay you $50, right? Just take that opportunity, right? Find the person that's willing to pay, because that's the market value, right? Go do that, blow it out the water, and then just watch your market value go up. But here's the thing. When you go up, your prices go up, right? And here's the thing. The people that bet on you first, what do they get? They get the highest ROI, right? And then from there, you know what happens there? That's where a lot of mentorship happens, you know what I'm saying? When you work with someone, when somebody, there's always people looking for talented people that might not be like that out there yet. Because honestly, if you're out there and you're known, you're gonna charge me an arm and a leg. And I already know that. That's why I only want to work with you. I can't afford you. I'd rather find the people. There's a like I'm I'm looking for everybody's and at every level. And I do the same thing too for myself, right? I know that okay, cool. In this scenario, right? If I'm in a certain room, like. Like, I might just have to prove myself, and there's nothing wrong with that. And proving yourself might mean doing it for free, doing it for $5, whatever it is, it doesn't even matter. But when you do that, now they owe you, right? And so there's leverage there. And so I would just look at it in a different way and, 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 and not let, you know, market value, self, or all these things hold you back. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could, nobody's going to say no to free work. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. say no to, to, to work that should be this amount, but it's costing me this much. But if you yeah. can show that it's this worth, yo, not only, not only are you proving yourself, mm-hmm. but like now a lot of other people are going to yeah. want your work too. You know what I'm saying? So don't let it stop you. And that's how you kind of control the, the, the self-worth because you guys are all worth Absolutely. what you believe. But what, whether the market sees it or not, just play that game because it is mm-hmm, a game. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of, I, I do want to speak to the, the data points a little bit for those, for the analysts in the room that are like, okay, how do you measure that? Because how you're perceived, which is a very good point, will directly affect your economic mobility. So how do you measure how you're perceived? Like, are you a part of the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Despite what industry that you're in, right? John Henry talks about this a lot, right? Like, uh, Harlem Capital, correct? So he always yeah, tells he Capital. always tells his yeah. team, right? Like if there's a, a top five list, like you know how blog posts or 
publications will write, here's the top 10 VCs you need to know, or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Like, if he's not on that list, that means, like, he tells his team, like, we're not doing our job, yeah. right? So, like, I mean, you can literally take a survey, talk to your friends, talk to colleagues. Like, if you're not a part of the conversation, then you there's more work to do, mm -hmm. right? And honestly, sometimes it's just a matter of you're just, some people are just like introverted. They're not, they're not confident enough to put themselves out there. I know everyone in this audience is brilliant, mm -hmm. right? But when it comes to navigating social media, navigating real life relationships, sometimes like those communication skills are not as strong. What so about you, the, mm, go ahead. Oh, so what about the likes and the comments? I because mean, like, people can argue that that's a way to show that you have value no, because people are engaging. Not. No, definitely not. No, definitely, like, you want to talk on this? Definitely not. We talk about, we can't wait to get off social media. Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I kind of blacked can't out. can't wait to get off social media. Message value. Uh, yeah, um, likes, yeah so, so here's the thing. Um, social media, the likes, the comments, all that, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, 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 it's a form of social capital, right? What you have to understand, first and foremost, is are my customers the ones that are liking and commenting on my stuff? Mm. Right? Can you ask that question one and more so, time? One more time. So, are my customers... The ones that are liking and engaging under my... Thank you. I forget. That's okay. I got <laughs> A you. A lot. Okay, cool. So, so that's the first part, right? And, and the thing is, when you have nothing, that, that might be your initial starting point, right? That might be kind of where you're building your brand and attracting customers or at least, or even attracting word of mouth because maybe somebody sees it and tells somebody else, hey, look, this person is really, really good at that, right? And so there is value in there. Um, um, I, I've come to realize that now, like, if I'm doing... I've, it, it's good for me if I'm doing something mass market, but I've come to realize also that the same amount of headache it takes to make 100,000 with fewer clients versus 100,000 with 100,000 clients, there's a way, way bigger kind of a headache curve. You know what I'm saying? Like dealing with 100 clients is a lot harder than dealing with 10 clients who can pay you $10,000, right? And so, and so I, I, honestly, and the thing is, but the reality is they're not going to pay you until you've proven yourself along this journey. Right, and, and build up and up and up and up. I mean, I'm talking about, I started doing Wix websites for $50, you know what I'm saying? And then 100, and then 200, she's laughing at me, you know what I'm saying? But like, you just start, you just start, and then you just get better and better and better and better, and then you start sending 50,000, $100,000 scopes, you know what I'm saying? But, um, and then so for me now, it's like, okay, cool, path of least resistance, Right? How do I get to my next benchmark? Okay, cool. What do I have to do? Because for me to play the mass market game, it requires a lot of infrastructure. It requires a lot of, you know what I'm saying? Because you're dealing with very, very low margins. But when you're, you know, it, and again, it just depends on who your customer is. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and truly, truly understanding that. Um, I, think, uh, I think it's important, though. I think it's all important. Um, but I think that that's just something to think about also. So community. Mm -hmm. Community, right? So there's the, the quote that says, um, you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with, right? And Drew also talked about um, connecting with at least two people in the room, right? And there's also the understanding of the six degrees of separation and how those people that you are connecting with and have authentic relationships with and actually have an exchange of value with, that can help get you to the next level. So how has your circle influenced your economic mobility, your friends very specifically, um, and what are some of the, the money moves, money conversations y'all be having? Teach us something. So, Teach us something. Okay, so making, making money is a function of friendship between men, but not necessarily between women. Women are not necessarily, research shows women are not sharing as much, right? Um, but the boys club, they're discussing at length uh, how to create wealth amongst each other, mm -hmm. right? 
Um, I think it's very important to understand that mentorship is not just vertical, it's also horizontal. Like you should be able to look to your right and to your left and discuss with your peer group, tap into your network to discuss how you guys can build with each other, mm -hmm. right? And you may want to reevaluate, if you cannot do that, if that's not an option for you, then you may want to reevaluate who you're fucking with. Um, I think the other thing to keep in mind is like, be honest with yourself, right? If you are not, if you feel like you don't have the right information, right, in, in regards to financial moves, then be honest and ask, and ask questions, mm -hmm. right? Like we live in a world where we have so much access to information, mm -hmm. but the difference between successful people and average ones is application, yeah. right? So it's not, that, like, it's not like the information's not available to us, it is available to us, right? But you have to raise your hand and ask for help because no one can read your mind, yeah. right? I think the other thing is if you are someone who has wealth, if you, have someone, or if you are someone who has made smart money moves, right? Then I think that you have a responsibility, right? Leaders create leaders and that's how we create maximum impact. I think you have a responsibility to bring that information to the table so we can help our brothers and sisters as well. Yeah, for sure. Right, so you should be able to tap into your peer group and you should know who's the best CPA, who's the lawyer that they're messing with, right? Like you should be able to, friendship should be mutually beneficial, mm -hmm. right? Um, one of my mentors says, you know, if you have five broke friends, then you're probably gonna be the sixth, right? I think it's really important to like just, and I'm not saying that you need to dismiss and diss the friends that don't have money. But I am saying that like you should have people in your wheelhouse who do have money and who are making smart moves so you can tap into and you can ask them like, girl, like how are you organizing your money? Do you have a retirement savings plan? Do you have life insurance, disability insurance? Like how are you future-proofing you know, your investments, right? Like there should be, it should be an open dialogue and conversation and men, especially white men, they're definitely having that conversation. And so I encourage us to have that conversation as well and be transparent with each other. Mm -hmm. That's real. Oh, y'all can clap it up to that one. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Um, this is the um, team question. What was the question? Community. The community. Mm -hmm. The six people around you. Yeah. Well, the five. five. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Let's go. Um, I think we all know that support. You guys have heard it since the day you were born. I think the bigger thing that is actually really, really interesting when I hear this is who has tried, I literally hear this all the time. Um, um, I need a team. Who, who's a, who said that before, right? I need to, if I had a team, I could really, really do this, right? If I had more people, this is all that good stuff. Um, there's, a quote, there's, a, there's a quote, it says, um, your, your income will never supersede your, your skill level, right? We've all heard of that, right? That's why you have to consistently develop your skills. You know, your team will never supersede your professional value, right? And I think a lot of people forget that too. In order for you to attract better teammates, you also have to elevate yourself significantly. Nobody who's good is going to work for somebody who's like, you know, like at, at a lower standard than them, if that makes sense, right? And so your ability to attract even your top five, your team, whoever it is, they're not going to be better than you in, in a sense, right? They can, they can be better in a certain lane, right? But there's certain foundational values and standards and, you know, the type of output and strategy and creative that we all come up with. They're not going to be, you're going to be, you're going to have to be the leader of that ship, Right, if you are looking to build a team around you. And so I say that all to say, like, as we all know, like it, it's always, always, always just on you. Right? You can't control everything else and everybody else, right? I, I I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm working really hard. You know, my only goal to build out, you know, my social capital or my team, whatever, is just to be able to attract people that 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 see this bigger vision and and, and, and can trust me to, to kind of go about that, 
you know, Lana, I know, like, for example, you know, Brittany Carter right here, I've heard, I've heard her say this in the past, and it was amazing. She was like, yo, we don't call each other, you know what I'm saying, like, like boss or this, that. Like, we're all just partners, you know what I'm saying? When you're young, you gotta just have to, like, go with that groove and just kind of, like, every, every relationship is just a partnership, right? And, and, and we just bring value to each other, whether it's on a personal side or a professional side, right? And that's kind of how we are because, again, you know what I'm saying, the reality is, if they could do it without you, they wouldn't do it with you, right? We all want the, we all want the, you know, we all want to be at the top, right? And so whoever sacrifices more, whoever risks more, you know, generally all that person, I'm like, well, I ain't about to risk my whole life savings, but I'll follow your dream because we kind of want the same thing and, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. But I am the type of guy that will have 100000 stored up and be like, all in, you know what I'm saying, and then kind of see what happens. And I did that, I and mean, it failed. There are so many. <laughs> but I, I bounced back. So I mean, <laughs> So, you know, we just spoke on how to be a better person as a result of your team, right? But the consequences that you would subject yourself to if you do not make those choices in regards to your team, they could be detrimental, right? Like, I'll be very transparent. Like, there have been, like, I've worked multiple, all of us have had financial stresses, right? And if you stick to people, if you stick around people who are not thinking beyond the limits of their circumstances, mm -hmm. right, it could literally keep you in the, you'll be in the same spot next year, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, I've definitely had instances where I've worked multiple jobs, you know, to make ends meet. I've had instances where I've, you know, considered doing, how many people have considered doing something illegal for fast money? I'm not the only one. Stripping, drugs, I've been an accomplice. Like, I almost went to jail for my nigga. Like, listen, like, it's not, it's not, it's not a joke. When you are operating out of a space of desperation, right, you can, when you have people around you have a limited mindset, it could literally change your life for the worse. Do you understand? Like, I can't tell you how many times my parents have been through, uh, have weathered financial storms. I've gone to sleep to the sounds of my mom you know, crying at night and praying, you know what I mean? Like, hydro cut off, no food in our fridge. I can't tell you how many times, like, I've watched my mom at the kitchen table trying to calculate, like, what bills are we going to skip this month? You know what I mean? Like, you have to find a place inside yourself where nothing is impossible. And I get emotional about this because when you, you know, it's cute that, you know, me and Drew got money and we're good and all that stuff and we're financially secure, but shut up. But, but the thing is, like, we do remember the days when we did not have it. And I'm so terrified of going back to a place of desperation. You know what I mean? Where I feel like I may have to sell myself or sell something or sacrifice, like, my self-esteem, self-worth for just to, like, pay, pay a bill. Like, I never want to be in that space again. So, like, the people you have around you are critical because it's a matter of life or death. And so would you say that your upbringing kind of plays a role in the mindset that you have now? Yeah, upbringing. Does it play a role in the mindset that you have oh, now? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us a little bit about your, your background, too. So oh. you come from a conservative Yeah, I mean, my, um, so look, you know, obviously my parents are Asian. Maybe you guys can't relate, but maybe you guys have um, African parents, immigrants, right? If you come from that background, you understand, hey, look, they came over here from another country, right? And they just kind of want the best for you, right? But you gotta go to school, you gotta go to college, you gotta get a degree as a, be a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, all that good stuff, right? 
Um, and, um, and that was kind of my life. I went to Hampton my freshman year to become a pharmacist. I failed every single class. <laughs> At that moment, I knew I was not supposed to be a pharmacist, right? And then, and then I, but then I started making my own path, and that's kind of where it, it, was, it was a huge struggle. You know what I'm saying? I told my parents, like, yo, like, I really, really believe that I should be doing this and this. And like, no, absolutely not. And I understand, right? They, you know, sacrificed everything to get to this point. And then for me, it's just like, I think everybody gets to this point where, like, it might not happen for you until, like, maybe after college or whatever, where you really realize, okay, it's just you and God against the world, right? You don't have anybody else. You don't have, you know, family. At, at a certain point, things are getting cut, cut off, right? And so that just got cut off for me very, very young, right? I was 17, 18. You know, I was told if I want to do my own thing, don't ever come home. Don't talk to us. We're like literally disowning everything we have from you because you are the biggest disappointment, blah, 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 right? So I've been there, went through just kind of figuring it out on my own. Walk, I, I, I shared the story the other day. I literally was walking down the mall one day and I was like, oh wow, USMC, what is this? I walked in, I walked out, I'm going to boot camp the next you know, summer. And so like, I just like, okay, cool, I need money for school, I gotta do this. So everything just became a problem solving kind of type of mindset. And so, um, I honestly, what was the question? Upbringing. Upbringing, that's my upbringing, you know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, again, I think that um, the past 10 years have really, really allowed, I mean, the upbringing, um, um, I, think, I think that, again, that's that underdog mentality, you know what I'm saying? I'll be honest with you guys, I think that, and it's, it's, in my opinion, it's a very, very important to understand that. You know what I'm saying? I think one of the biggest lies we were told our entire lives is, we're all free, we're all equal, we're all the same, and when we realize that we're not, that's, that's, the F, that's the thing that me messes with us mentally, right? Like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is way harder for me, you know what I'm saying, than my counterpart. That's the part that really, really gets a lot of people is because we were told this when we were young, right? I'm not even talking about, like, a college. I'm, not even talk I'm just talking about that from a mental, uh, um, psychological, and subconscious side, right? And then we're like, wow. I do have to work twice as hard just to get half of what they got, right? I think that it's better for you to, honestly, it's better for, in my opinion, it's better for you to, to know in the first quarter that you're getting blown out so that you can huddle back and figure out a game plan, then go all the way to the fourth quarter, you know what I'm saying, be down, you know what I'm saying, or be up by one, or at least think you're up by one, and then just have the crushing blow. You know what I'm saying? I want to know now. You know what I'm saying? Give me, give me the real. You know what I'm saying? And then I'll plan for that. I'll work for it. It might take me a year. It might take me two years. It might take me 10 years. Um, but, you know, you guys know the story. Like, everyone's dealt with, with different, you know, talent levels. You know what I'm saying? One person has two, five, ten. You know what I'm saying? You're stuck here worrying about somebody else. The only thing you want to do is just keep doubling what you have. And so I personally feel like I was only given two talents, but I kept doubling, doubling, doubling. Next thing you know, you look up. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the person who had 10 might only doubled, you know, once to 20, and I doubled 100 times, right? And, and that's the part where everybody's comparing with each other, you know, the, the, the end effects, but nobody knows kind of that iceberg effect, that, like, what's below the iceberg, right? So to be honest, I don't really care about nobody. Nobody really cares about me. I'm here doing my own thing. I care if you care, you know what I'm saying? But I don't really care what you care, you know what I'm saying? If you care we're in a relationship, then great. You know what I'm saying? But to be honest, I don't, like, I don't care. Like, 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 I don't care how I dress. I don't care about all this stuff. It, it doesn't matter to me. You know what I'm saying? If we're connected, if we're building, we're growing, then cool. If you care about the intellectual connection, the emotional connection that we can build, then great. But other than that, I don't care because I know everybody's kind of in their own zone and, they're and, and as they should be. You know what I'm saying? And so... That's good. And before <sighs> I open it up for questions and answers, um, I think another practical thing that I think will be really, really helpful for this audience um, in terms of habits. Um, so for those who don't know what the new zero is, have you, has anyone heard of the new zero? Okay, so this is something that, I know, stop playing. So this is something that Pollyanna um, definitely practices and talks about a lot about her platform. So, wow, you really, 
That's my zero. That's okay. That's okay. So can you share a little bit more, Pollyanna? What is the new zero and how does it affect So us? I discovered this in 2016. The new zero is like your stop spending limit, right? So like, yeah, right? I you have a whole video about it. Yeah, you talked about this on your podcast as well. So like, I know, yeah, we think alike. So it's your stop spending limit. A lot of times, like, well, my old habits were letting my account pretty much go to zero. A lot of us have been in the red at some point, right? Yeah, right? A lot of us have been in the red at some point. Now my new zero is 10, 10K. I never let my balance go Like below. right now, it's... Absolutely. I can screenshot my bank account. I never let my balance go be. And the thing is, like, so, you know, I have my savings accounts and all my other, like, but my checking day-to-day account, like, because the thing is, I know what it's like to see negative, negative $100, whatever the case may be, right? And I don't like that feeling, and I always used to, to play too close to the edge. So now that I operate different, I move different, you know, as systems in my business, like, I just make sure, honestly, and I think when, it, when you also have been broke, when you, you, when you have experienced financial storms, like, like, that shit gives you anxiety. So for me, it's like, I just, I like a buffer for emergencies if anything should happen. Yeah. yeah, you have the oh, same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I made this video a couple so um, a while ago, right? It was um, it was like it was like back in college, right? I was going through college, and I was always hustling. I was like, I was really working like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to pay for school and stuff. And um, I remember I was uh, I had a big sister. You have big sisters um, um, at, at different uh, some of these different schools. And we were riding down one day, and she was like, "Hey," she was like, "Drew, can you pay for the gas?" Like I'm broke. I was like, "Oh, okay." She was like, "I was like, sure." And she was like, and she kept pushing it. She was like. Look, look at my bank account. I, I literally have zero dollars. And it was like, she was like a senior and I was like a freshman. I was like, wow. Like, like I was like, wow. Uh, I was like, wow, you really have zero, zero dollars. That's interesting. Um, and and it, it, was, it was at that point, right? And, th- and then I started walking around, I started like just talking to other people. And I realized that like, because once I started making money, right? I started from zero, then I started making money. I was like, yo, like this is my new like zero, right? This is my new broke, right? It was like 500, 1,000, 10,000, whatever it is. I kept raising it. And, and what I would do is, you know, when, when somebody wanted to do something, I'm like, I'm like, and I'm like, right at that tier, I'm like, nah, I don't got the money. I'm broke, right? But, but then I always tell people, like, damn. Then I started listening to other people. Then I realized, like, they were like, broke, broke, right? <laughs> I'm just like, broke, but they're like, broke, broke. I was like, dang, that's crazy. And, and it was just an epiphany to me where I was like, wow. Again, guys, it's like the majority of the world just lives in this, like, other standard. And it's like for us, like how do we raise our standard? You know what I'm saying? About everything in life. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's our finances, our health, our business, our creativity. And, uh, and that's just kind of what, what I'm about. Like, and the thing for me is, the thing that I think um, is, is really, really phenomenal is I wish that when I said that, like everybody in here was like, oh, I already do that. I already know that. Right? Because if it's new for you, then it's like, like, you're just at the beginning of your journey, which is fine, which is good. But, like, when I used to watch, like, Eric Thomas, Gary Vee, all this good stuff, the way I knew that I was mentally there and prepared for the journey that I was in, I was watching this stuff, and none of it was blowing me away. It was just confirmation. I was like, oh, I think like that. Oh, I'm already there, right? The only difference is time. Like, he had, he's 50-something. I'm 20-something. Like, he has 30 years on me. I could probably do the same thing if I had that time. Right. But for me, that's you know, when you start watching and listening to other people, you're like, yo, do I already think like that? Do I do I feel like that? You know what I'm saying? Because if you do, it's only a matter of time. 
right, until you get to where you want to get to. But if it's not, then, then just understand your journey, right? Understand where, where, you're, where your worth is and all that good stuff, too, because that all plays into it. And understand, again, that's a self-awareness piece and understand how to prize yourself and grow, and et cetera, et cetera. But I just kind of want to throw that out there because that, that, to me, was, was something really, really interesting, too. Like, people would get so blown away by all this stuff. I'm like, oh, like, I already knew that. This is the year we stopped fighting the insufficient fee fund, y'all. We getting through. We getting through. Thank you so, 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 so much. Can we clap it up for them? I want to open it up for some Q&A. For those who have some burning questions, we're going to take just a few. All right? Uh, and Jeff it. is going to go around and pass the mic. Hello. Oh, that's really loud. My name is Janet. Um, so I'll kind of ask my questions up top and kind of uh, explain why I'm asking them, I guess. And so one is I was part of a, um, or I co-founded a, a teletherapy startup and eventually left mostly because the idea was great, but the team just didn't really mesh well. And um, for me, one of my struggles was scaling a company that was the purpose was to serve a community in need, but they wouldn't actually be able to sufficiently pay for the services and then trying to find a way That's to good. scale that. Um, and the other question is, I actually left my nonprofit career of doing it for like seven years and just jumped into doing the startup because I, my creativity was dwindling and I, that's like I wanted to be in a space where I can create and develop something. And now I'm like in my early 30s trying to transition into kind of like you said, working in corporate space with your free education. Like I want to do exactly that. I just feel like I'm not getting the opportunity. And so, yeah, that's what I was. I'm wondering because as a child of immigrants, you don't have the mentorship kind of built out that you're looking for. So, yeah. Speak it. So, what's your specific question? I want to make sure we address it. So, basically, is one, um, how do you incubate ideas that you know you're serving a community that might not be able to pay for the things you're creating? And then second, um, how kind of being in mid-career, jumping from one industry to another and, like, making that marketable and making that transition? Yeah, so I heard a lot of interesting points. Check, one, two. All right, cool. So I heard a lot of interesting points, and I think this is good for, like, the entire room, right? This is new guy I started following. I forgot his name because it's very hard to pronounce. But if I can find it, I'll share it with Makisha. She should, you guys should follow him. It's so good. There was two things he said that was killer. He said... The true definition of an entrepreneur, and if you, really, if you are not able to walk away from your business for six, you know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and for it to, to f still operate, you are not a true entrepreneur, right? You are a solopreneur, you are a business owner, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're, you're a professional that's, you know, that's, that's doing your own thing, um, but you have to understand what true entrepreneurship is, right? Um, and, it, and it's because you've built, it's not, it's not the job that you do, it's the systems that you build to do that job. Right. And a lot of people don't understand that. Right. And so, and, you know, in today's world for the past, you know, 10 years or whatever, um, this whole entrepreneurship word has become just kind of like everywhere. Right. And everybody kind of calls themselves that, which is fine. I'm not here to argue. Like I said earlier, I really don't care what you call it. Right. But this is how I think. The other thing that he said was um, the other thing he said was the first key to starting a business. And, and that business was a nonprofit or was a for profit startup. Social enterprise. OK, cool. That's valid. Regardless, the other thing he said that was killer, uh, that was key to me is, okay, when you start a business, okay, cool, 
you know, uh, one thing is, okay, do you have customers for that business? And the second thing you have to understand is, do the customers have the money to afford what you're trying to s provide for them, right? And it's just really, really understanding that, that aspect and not romanticizing the idea that, hey, look, I really want to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can, again, you can't control people, the market, you know, the virus, all these things that are happening that are changing people's habits, like you can't control that, right? And so it's just really, really having a true understanding of who the audience is and creating a business model that works for them, right? Maybe it was too expensive, maybe it was too, too cheap, I don't know. Maybe it should be a full-on nonprofit and your customer isn't the customer, it's really the people that are writing the grants to, for you to serve those customers, right? Maybe you gotta you know, implement this, this kind of one-for-one -one thing, like Tom's, I don't, I, I don't know, right? There's so many things around that, but I think that um, um, uh, if, if, if that didn't work out, it's, it's a lesson. That's all it is. It's a lesson for you to understand. You learned a lot from it. I think it's great, right? And so I wouldn't kind of put myself down for that. At any given moment, to be honest, if something fails for me, I'm like, okay, great. Like, I'll sit still, maybe go back to work. I'll come back later. You know what I'm saying? In fact, to be honest, every year that we're successful, I'm like, damn, I gotta go even harder, and I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, man. Like, yeah, so I'm actually just waiting for God to send me a sign and be like, hey, look, this is not your lane, and it's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. So, so that's, that's that, right? And then for you in the mid-career thing, I think that I think you should just you should just flow and enjoy life, right? And just do the job. You know, get this new idea, come up with this new like there are ideas that pop into all of our minds and heads literally every single day, right? And it's like you know, do the research. Just kind of like understand more. You know what I'm saying? Understand business more, learn, learn, learn. See, this is this is the part where you don't get paid for. This is why they say you got to like love what you're doing. You don't get paid for none of this stuff. You don't get paid for research. You don't get paid to, to dream about something in your bed, in your bed, in your you know, bathtub, whatever it is. But you do it. You do it, right? Because you love it, right? So just, I, I would say my biggest goal, what I would do is I would literally save up as much money as I can, and then the next time I take a shot at it, I just, I, I, I'm, a, I'm better prepared for it, right? I de-risk, you know, I, I de-risk the situation. You know, it might take you a year, it might take you two, it might take you three. A lot of times people just don't understand. I'm going to reiterate this a million times. Sometimes it's not just about your idea or your execution. Sometimes you just might be too early. Sometimes you might be too late. So, that, like, there's so much. The timing of having a successful business is what truly makes business sometimes so hard. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, because you can, like, the market is just this like volatile animal that just moves and does what it wants, right? And, and one moment everybody's on cryptocurrency, and one moment everybody's over here, and then one moment everybody's over here, like it's like, yo. It's like either, either you watch it and you prep for it and you supply a product that's ready for the trend or not. But here's the thing, there was a question that was asked, well how do I get on trends? The reality is you don't get on trends. You, you peep it before it becomes a trend. And then you provide that product and market and that research for that trend. Because by the time the whole world knows about it, you're too late. To be honest, if you're building something big. Now, could you build a six-figure business? Sure. But to build something big and to really capitalize on the market, you have to be studying, thinking, and obsessing over whatever thing you're obsessing. And then you're noticing, oh, wow, these couple people are going. These couple people are going. Wow, let me get in there because it's a trend. And the only way to spot a trend is to, is, is, is to execute on it before it becomes a trend. And that's how you become first market mover. That's how you become, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just giving you a whole bunch that's of stuff. Good. Oh, that's no. good. That's good. Y'all can clap that. Y'all can clap it up for that one. Ain't no problem. No problem. We have someone in the back with a question. Don't be so harsh on yourself. Yeah, that's good. 
Hi. Um, so I introduced myself earlier, and I run a nonprofit organization. And we've been around for 18 years, and we're still relatively grassroots. Um, and we're planning to relaunch. And so I wanted to know what advice do you have for longstanding organizations or corporations that are in the process of relaunching their organization and, uh, yeah, for branding purposes and all of that? Thank you. Hello, hello. Um, yeah, I'm sure like every year you're doing like a SWOT analysis, you're reviewing missed opportunities, you're looking at your strengths, your weakness, opportunities, and threats, right, as you prepare for your relaunch. I think that like in order to make purposeful, meaningful choices moving forward, you have to look at what has not worked before, right? So like honestly, like I would, I would, that's a, that's a simple way for me to put it. Another thing is maybe looking at like your blue ocean strategy, right? Like how, are, how do you want to pivot away from the rest of the noise? Right, so like uh, you can do what's called a strategy canvas to like have a visual presentation of like what moves you're going to make um, in terms of like you know red ocean versus blue ocean. You know that you know that visual. Red ocean, oh, no, the, red yeah. ocean is saturated market. In order to build my company, I got to cut yours down. Blue ocean is when you've pivoted and you're kind of swimming in the ocean by yourself. So I would honestly just I would go through the if you've been around for 18 years. I mean you have so much data to pull from right, in order to make a purposeful decision moving forward as to like how you want to re relaunch. Like we don't know the details of your business, so it's kind of hard to be specific, but that's like how I explain it. And will you also be uh, available for people to ask questions afterwards? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we're gonna take just one more question. Somebody in the back, though, somebody all the way in the back. Can we get a... Okay, Hi. hey, Leah, what's hey. up? Not much, you did a great job. This was really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, my question is kind of a fun one. Um, it could be. I would just like to know if what what's something that you wish you knew before you knew it, like now, something you know now that you wish you knew earlier. So it could be a tip or something you wish you stopped doing, like either positive or negative. Um, a big mis well, I want to say it's a mistake lesson that I learned. Um, so I just had a really, really, really bad divorce with a business partner. Um, in the last 10 years, I've had three business partners. They have not worked out. That tells me that I'm good by myself. Um, I think a lot of people get into business partnerships because, like, we're good friends. I love you. We get along. Let's try business together, right? And I don't, I think that I wish that I would have not based my, not base my decision off of the fact that like I have love for her and base my decision on whether or not we made a good partnership. So I had founded a company, right? And I brought her on as a director of communicate, director of business development. And legally, we split the profits 60-40. Now that's a big investment on my part, right? And so anyways, shit went down. I decided to annul the agreement. And now a 10-year friendship is gone, right? Because she now looks at me like I'm a monster and I ruined her life and Ray Tay and all this stuff, right? So I think for me, like, sometimes, honestly, like I said, we pay a psychological price. And sometimes I drive myself crazy because, like, my team reports to me. I'm managing, like, all these systems. And I feel alone. So some, honestly, when someone came to me and they're like, hey, this is the value I can add. And it was a 10-year friendship. I was like, yeah, like, I want, like, I need someone to, like, I want company. And it didn't work out. So moving forward, honestly, I've learned so much from my for my previous partnerships, I'm just like very careful and very good. I'm just I'm just going to be very very careful moving forward and just know that I can actually hire out the position. I don't necessarily need to legalize it. Well, it's like a bonding contract because honestly, it's a marriage. 
it's a marriage and we got divorced and I was drained and now we no longer have a, a friendship. What's up? I'm sorry to hear that. I have a question for you though. That's really tight. Would you, um, out of your entire history, would you change anything? No. Good, okay, that's what I wanted. I think, I think I, I, was, I was talking to somebody the other day, right? Talked to a lot of people. Just randomly. Well, I might be talking to myself, and I just say that to you guys. So check this out. I can answer that question for someone in the back, but I, but I, also, want, I also want to share this kind of quick thing, because it was so good. I had such a deep intellectual conversation with someone that it was amazing. I think so many people, um, tr it's, it's kind of like a relationship, right? It's like you might go through one boyfriend or one girlfriend or another one or another one or another one or another one. But the reality is you never look back at it and be like, yo, I wish I didn't go through that, right? Because it made you a better person. It taught you the things that, you, that, that, that you're able to be now. And, and, and those battle scars are a part of who you are. You understand it, right? The reason why I asked Pollyanna that and I said that is because a lot of times what I've noticed is people, when you try to know all the answers, it literally freaks you out and then you won't just do it. One thing that I've realized is a lot of times when you just do something, if you're in the gutter, like, like you, you will figure it out because you're there, right? It's like somebody asked me, like, yo, if, if you asked me, would I, would, I, would I do everything that I did in the past 10 years, right? My answer is no. There was way too much heartache, way too much rejection, way too much stress and this and this and that. I don't, I don't want to go back what I knew I went through. Right? Like, like, would I change it? No. But do I want to go back through that path again? No. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't go, like, I would easily go get a good job, do my thing, blah, blah, blah. Right? But sometimes when we're so gung-ho and wanting to know what the next things are, you know what I'm saying, and want to figure out everything, like, it will literally, it, it is the literally reason why people are scared, they'll stop, they won't start, et cetera, et cetera. It is literally better to just go. Just go, just do it, because the reality is we're all human beings and we're all going to figure out how to survive. Once you get in that point, you know, just go where your heart leads you. You know what I'm saying? Just like you might fall into a relationship with a guy or a girl. You know, will it work out or not? You don't know. You use your best, you know, um, 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 kind of thought process to figure that out. I got this idea. I got this partnership. Whatever it is, you just go through it. You know what I'm saying? And then once you're in the gutter, if you get in the gutter, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll make better decisions every time. But a lot of times, you know, I, I just wanted to share that perspective too. Because, again, if you ask me, would I go through everything that I went through to get to here? Hell no. It's way too much. I could have made way more money, you know what I'm saying, and have a much more balanced, easier life, you know what I'm saying, because why? For everything you gain, there's something you lose. And this is everything in life, everything in life. More money you gain, the more something has to lose for it. You know what I'm saying? I, we don't, might not talk about it as much, but it is. It's the reason why I'm talking and saying the, 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 the things that I'm saying. I'm shifting so, many, so much of my narrative. You know what I'm saying? It's why people like Anthony Bourdain, people are like killing themselves. They're like, yo, you have everything. What's, what are you missing? Why are you still so depressed? You know what I'm saying? So um, I say all that to say, um, I can still answer your question, though. And I think one thing I would tell my old self is, uh, uh, there's a quote I remember. It was such an instrumental part of my life, right? I went to this big meeting, right? Um, 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 uh, a big opportunity, all this good stuff. And I botched it. I did absolutely horrible. I left the guy. The guy told me, he's like, man, he's like, man, I know you have talent. I know you're good. But the reality is, son, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, right? And, and it, was, it was at that moment I realized, wow, throughout all my success, even because the worst part is when you start getting a little bit of success, right? Then you think you're somebody, right? <laughs> and, then, and, and then you move accordingly, right? This happens to literally everybody, you know what I'm saying? And if you keep letting it taint who you are as a human being, 
Something out of nowhere is going to come and rob you. These are the situations that we can't plan for. Partners do this. We're living in a world full of just people, egos, variables that we can't account for. They got their own families, their own initiatives, all this good stuff. Um, but, but ever since I heard that, it was such a big thing for me. It was like, you don't know what you don't know. And so as much as I can, every single day, you know, I know a lot. I'm confident I have a high self-worth. But I also know that I don't know everything, too. And I move accordingly. You know what I'm saying? I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. You know what I'm saying? I'm just here to live life, be happy, be around good energy. And if you have the same thing, let's keep building. You know what I'm saying? Not just once, not just twice, but forever. Life is very long, and I'm trying to live it to the best. And with that, pay down debt. (laughs) Show a record of sales. Reduce stress for folks. Add value. You don't know what you don't know. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. It's about who knows you. That's important. And I'm going to give Drew and Pollyanna an opportunity to say one last thing, one last word of advice. And also, please share, what do you do? What you got going on? What you got coming up? What can we attend? Tell us. (laughs) And don't even be humble. Listen, the Living Room Project was created for people to legit plug themselves. I wanted to create an opportunity for people to genuinely connect on the things that they're working on. Um, And just them wanted to connect to other genuine people. So please, shamelessly plug. Okay, cool. So I'll provide an opportunity. So uh, first and foremost, I'm a journalist. So I told you guys I dropped out of college my second year. At Forbes Uh, magazine? Yeah, I'm a journalist at Business Insider and Forbes. Okay. so the fact that I great that I failed grade 11, 12 English, I dropped out of college, and somehow I made it here, don't know. Um, but I want to open the lines of communication. If you have a business, a brand, right? If you are uh, trying to pitch yourself to the media and don't know how to navigate those relationships or conversations, I am more than happy to jump on a phone call with you to advise you, right? I'll give you one free phone call. After that, you got to pay me. Y'all better stop um, playing, take advantage of that one. Because I mean, I've been in, the, I've been work, I've been in the media for ten years, so I'm more than happy to assist you with navigating those relationships. Because again, we talked about market value. It's very important that you are in these conversations, and a great way to do that is to get on the, you know, the blog, the podcast, the news station. I have friends at CNN and Black Enterprise and Oprah Magazine. Like, you know what I mean? So like, use me to your advantage. Remind me that I met you here, right? Off the strength of my relationship with Makisha, I will give you a free phone call and we can chop it up. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. I hope y'all got that. Um, I'm supposed to tell them what yeah. I'm okay, cool. What you hey, got going on? What you got who, coming up? Who, who, who in here, who in here, uh, 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 is, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm like, I'm like, like okay, cool. You got this, Drew. Who, 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 who in here, um, is, 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 does not know about BYOB Live. Let's start there. Who does not know about it? Oh, so everyone knows about BYOB? Dang. That's amazing. You're already informed. Wait, somebody says, what is BYOB? Okay, okay. So, 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 okay, I'll just kind of just act like I don't know you guys. Okay, cool. So, so check this out. So, so we, um, 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 we have this, we have this, we have this conference called, um, called, called BYOB Retreat, right? Not, not just a case, no, not bring your own bottle, nothing like that, right? Build your own brand, right? Okay, cool. So, so um, um, we started in 2018. You know, we wanted to kind of bring together entrepreneurs, creators, you know, thought leaders, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we started in 2018. 
um, in D.C. Over 1,000 people showed up. Right? We're like, oh, this is cool. And then we're like, yo, let's go to Atlanta the following year. So we went to Atlanta. Over 2,000 people showed up. Karen Silva, DSM, other phenomenal people came through and, and, and spoke. And it's just, a, it's just an amazing gathering. It's kind of like this, you know what I'm saying, just and, you know, over like an entire weekend. Uh, um, and we're like taking over a whole hotel. And it's just really amazing, you know, energy and vibes and all that good stuff. We're going to Miami um, um, this year, right? Hey! So, can I go to Miami this year, right? Can Miami get a little bit of love, though? Uh, uh, and it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Okay, so my question is, my question is again, who, who, who doesn't have their ticket yet? Oh, okay, that, 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 yeah. okay, okay, wait, okay. So we'll give all y'all a ticket. <laughs> can we do that? Okay, yeah, why not? If y'all want to go, if y'all not scared. Wait, are you we'll paying get... for flights too? No, 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 Listen, let me tell you something. When you search for your flights for BYOB, make sure your browser's on incognito mode, please, so they won't increase the flight, the price. You understand what I'm saying? Open up the browser on incognito mode so they will oh, not increase the price. Yeah, that's, that's why dope. the price will have Okay, cool. No, but, I, but, I, but I'm serious, though. Honestly, if you guys are if attending, hey, look, I'm going to show love to Makisha. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, excuse yeah. me? <laughs> yes, these are, these are, I'm going I'm to I'm just show love to anybody that's here. You know what I'm saying? You guys get a free ticket. You guys can take a look at us. BYOBLive.com backslash retreat. We'd love to have you guys there. there. Um, uh, come. There's like, there's like, it's, it's a whole weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday. There's like four, you know, celebrity keynotes. And we're about to make the announcement soon on who's that. 35 plus master classes, everything from uh, 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 personal branding, marketing to budgeting, credit, taxes, all the way to, to, to raising capital, venture capital, and pivoting, building out your uh, back end office, all that good stuff. 2,000 plus people, um, we ain't scared of no virus, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're going, um, 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 and yeah, I mean, we just gonna do our thing. Everybody's confirmed, everybody's going. Check us out on BYOB Live. I'll make sure Makisha get you guys the thing. If you guys already paid, we're not refunding you, sorry. Um, it's just a moment thing, right? I'm, not, I'm just in the moment right now, you know what I'm saying? Pollyanna's giving away stuff. I'm giving away stuff. You wanna give away anything else? That is it. Okay, cool. <laughs> that is all you want to give away with these books in my hand, these four Oh, books. yeah, 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 I forgot. So, me and Andrew wrote a book. You guys knew that, right? Yeah, okay, so we brought, so four, we brought four copies to give away today. Oh, they're literally raising their hands, so do I just hand them? I mean, I think they should, like, they should prove themselves before they get a free book. Ooh. Ooh. All right, we're going to get to Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to get to that. Thank you so much. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Thank you. So just a few, oh, y'all like, what, what's happening? Y'all going to get the opportunity to um, speak with them again. Um, so just a few more things before we wrap up this segment. How was that conversation? It was good. Y'all learned some? Y'all got some nuggets? Some gems? Yes. Okay, so this is what you're going to do after this. So I want to challenge you. I want to empower you um, to head on over to the conference room. You're going to answer some of those questions on the paper saying, what did you learn today? What are some financial habits that you need to break? What are some financial habits that you need to build? And the fourth one, I actually do not know. Jeff, what is it? Jeff was the fourth one. Well, he's not here. Okay? So you'll see it for yourself, and are you going to answer the question? But this is important that we know what it is that you have going on, what it is that you need assistance with, um, just to inform the events that, that we put together. So we definitely hope that this partnership with Capital One can continue. Um, but also... Where's Jamil? Where's Jamil? Okay, he didn't answer. Um, but a few more things. I want to remind you to please use the photo booth that we have over here. 
get a nice picture. Um, Christine, who who um, built the photo booth, she worked really hard on um, putting the yes. Thank you, yeah. Thank you, yeah. She worked really hard to put that together. Um, so get a picture, follow the Living Room Project. Um, I also want to encourage you to follow Capital One Cafe on Instagram. Instagram. And so the Living Room Project Co. on Instagram, but also Capital One Cafe for sure. Um, are there any last words, Amber, before people go to the conference room to answer the questions and take pictures in a photo booth? and follow Makisha Noel on Instagram. That's M-A-K-I-S-H-A-N-O-E-L. Shameless plug, if you are looking for a host for your events, I got you. I got you. Yes, there are also money coaching in the back, y'all. Get your money right. It's 2020, right? I'm, I know y'all had some hard prayers at the end of 2019 because 2019 was rough for some folks. But 2020, we here. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. I honor you. Y'all are amazing. Let's get it. Oh, let me get, hold on, let me get a selfie with y'all. Don't go, wait, don't move. Don't move, don't move. Where's my telephone? Wait, can All right, so, all right, so I'm gonna do a video. Wow. I'm gonna do a video, um, and then we're gonna say, Deliver Room Project, DC. No, just say Deliver Room Project, that's a lot. Those are a lot of words, okay? You ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. One, two, three. The Living Room Project! And that is a wrap, baby.